This week's episode was brought to you by Beaver Lever. It's a lever for your beaver. We've got a lever for every beaver. Big ones, small ones, furry ones, bald ones, brown ones, blonde ones, river, salt water, lake, and ocean beavers. One lift of your beaver with the beaver lever will leave you and your beaver as believers. Thank you, beaver lever. On this week's episode, we explore new thought, the new age, and, well, how to manifest stuff. We discuss channeling, oracle cards, star people, and why demarcating things into high versus low vibration is just a tiny bit creepy. In the extended episode available at www.patreon.com slash the whole rabbit, we discuss Napoleon Hill's new thought classic Think and Grow Rich and explain six steps you need to follow to become insanely rich. So it's worth your five bucks. We also talk about focusing on the ass chakra. Thank you and enjoy the show. Atlantic City. Oh, that's Vegas, baby. Damn. There's a Caesar's fucking Palace evil, in Vegas. Evil Knievel almost died trying to fucking jump over the statue in the front back in the day. Fucking great. Evil Knievel almost died a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, like he can't just pick one. I don't know. I think, honestly, the most spectacular was probably the most expected when he just got launched from his motorcycle and tumbled on the asphalt. <laughs> Wasn't even like really going downward. He was just carrying that forward momentum all the way until he stopped and he pulverized his bones. And then he got up and went, I, I quit after this day. I swear I will never I will never do this again. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And then I'm he did it again. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. Again. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Yeah, he he broke like every bone in his fucking body, even the bone that's in your ear. It's fucked up. The the cochlea. There we go. Yeah, the cochlea hammer. Keep going, because I got a good one to come at. So he wouldn't be able to hear us say, Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Rabbit, where we do more than just get a Reiki 4 attunement for $7,444 from a MILF who lives on the East End that smokes weed and likes watching charm between bouts of kundalini humping and toning bulls. Nay! We take her and our awkward friend and $10,000 to join Stephen Greer in the Joshua Tree Desert to catch a glimpse of his long, long ball sack as it hangs gloriously from his tight, beige, thong-like shorts as UFOs descend from the clouds and gaze likewise at us with the same curiousness because this week we're discussing new thought, manifesting stuff, and the new age. Again, I'm joined this time by Mari Sama, the werewoman who hula hoops with razor wire. Ouch, it hurts. Darth Ying is the drastically delicious. Yeah, yeah, hey, uh, you know, you wouldn't have been able to hear anyways because he's dead. Steven Greer's dead? <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah. not. Well, he, he no, died, he's not. He died once. Mr. Knievel. No. And Malachor 5, the Magister Templi of the Epsilon program. Kiflon, brother, brother. Cliff on, brother. Are you ready for the ninth paradigm? I don't think my body is, but my mind is. Why do we got to put numbers on stuff? Because All it right. was designated by Kraft that way. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really do the GTA 5 episode without doing this episode first. Because it's almost like the hidden joke behind... Like, like if you look at the new age, it's going to be different looking at it from Georgia versus from living in Southern California or living in... LA as Melkor 5 does. Yeah, new age really doesn't mean anything. I actually ran into this problem trying to fill out a section of the notes. It's just kind of like an idea of things that people might incorporate into a generic or generalized religion. You could say that. I mean, 
I think if you were to get all academic about it, you'd be like, <clears throat> oh, Alistair Crowley, <clears throat> Carl Jung. Uh, and then you'd, you know, probably, and um, then maybe theosophy too. You'd probably have to no. throw Blavatsky under the bus and be like, she brought the chakras over. She's the one that started talking about the root races. And next thing you know, Ojai, California is just like scented candles and, you know, wind chimes and shit. Yeah, but okay. there's also like, oh, well, but what I was saying <laughs> is like, I feel like the problem is, is in the 1970s through even the 1990s, the mid 1990s, sci-fi was huge right like science fiction yes and the, the problem with this is that a lot of these i'd call it i mean i'm really into fringe science like science scientific theories that were poo-pooed by the academics and were relegated to the fringes of society like there's some things there that are really good but there are other things that are purely fiction I feel like a lot of new age movements are based strictly on fictional books that were written by people. And I don't mean to say fictional as in they're literally fictional. These people probably think the people who wrote these things probably thought they were channeling an entity from beyond the stars or whatever. But they would write these books about alien races meddling in human affairs and channeling children. yeah the star seeds and all all this stuff about and i kind you know like i joke all the time like oh i'm from sirius i'm a star seed from sirius and i'm here to guide humanity with my well, technology and my knowledge because you're a dog and i'm a dog you know and my favorite color is blue the star is literally blue in the sky so i use it like a totem but i don't literally believe it does that make sense well, um and then a, a lot of the theorization in these fictional books, they say that, have you heard of the Zeta Reticuli grays? Oh, yeah. And, or, and these are... these. They are, brought uh, the crack. They brought the crack, okay, to the inner city are, neighborhoods in the 80s. And that's why Reagan became president. Apparently, these creatures are a hive mind that were created by the reptilians of Beetlejuice that actually took over that star system. And it was right next to... Uh, the Syrian star system. So they started to exploit the Syrians. The Syrians are supposed to be dog people with like blue blood or they're blue, blue skinned or they're just blue skinned people with dog totems. They're supposed to be really good at technology. Apparently the reptilians use their little hive mind, Zeta reticuli grays to steal the technology from the Syrians. And then the Lyrans are a neighboring planet or star to Syria. Like, and those are the those cool. are cat people. Yeah. And so their neighbors and then the cat people were pro they had a hand. They had a hand in actually building Atlantis, apparently, with some yeah. of the other yeah. with Lemurians, which are another species. And, and then you and have Pleiadians, which are these Nordic tall blonde and blue-eyed looking people. And this is all from oh, books that people it, claim to have channeled this stuff. But it, it's literally, I feel like I read it as science fiction, but I, I'm also of the persuasion that if somebody comes up with a story, a fantasy story or a fiction story or a sci-fi story, that the fact that you thought it up means that it is reverberating in the universe and it must exist somewhere. 
So I'm of the persuasion that both are true at the same time. I'm, I'm really touchy about discussing New Age and by extension, New Thought. This episode was actually a little bit difficult for me to, uh, a little bit challenging for me to, uh, to research uh, because I always kind of looked at this as scamming. Though this essentially has to do with the practice of, uh, of manifestation. It kind of leaves me with the question, if you can manifest, which I believe that you can... What's me too. Even being an occultist. Well, what's why the, are we even going the, through all the trouble? What's to stop you from making up your own stuff? That's what my persuasion is, and that's why I believe. Like, even though these books are totally like they're total crap. Like, I <gasps> I don't really believe it, but at the <gasps> same time, like playing on paying homage to it, and celebrating think- it in a way that it can empower yourself as a person. I I'm not against that at all. I have an answer for Dingus, though, from Daryl Anka Bashar. So he would say that you're basically writing yourself permission tickets for the universe to give you something. It's like it's like your own mental click you have to have for it to to let it happen is what he would say. Oh, so it's it's essentially an entire book written on intent. That's a lot of new thought. It's basically that intent is everything. Although if you read think and grow rich you'll find that determination and not quitting is a big thing while if you listen to the more modern stuff like abraham hicks she'll tell you don't keep trying and keep trying and keep trying move on to something that feels better so you're going to find some differences but the ultimate underlying thing is that your willpower decides what happens and you attract your own reality that's why your willpower chakra is your solar plexus which is gold and yellow in color it's the color of money and gold having willpower and confidence means that you're outgoing and and you're a character and people are attracted to you and they want to give you money that's the whole that's that's like the celebrity chakra so harnessing it i mean really i mean it's like if you're popular people are going to come up to you and want to give you stuff that's and the whole I mean, reason I got on this podcast is because I really liked what Luke was doing and I appreciated his work. And I was like, dude, I was just like, my biggest dream is to get on the podcast. And like, here I am. I'm the regular. So, so you're saying it works a little bit. It does. And the whole, and another thing that I do, once we get to the Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. Yeah. Like once we get to that, this is like this is also what the if any any uh, listeners are familiar with the law of attraction is written on these principles and they're actually true. Which Napoleon Hill talks about how scarcity is a myth and an illusion, and I really want to get into that later in the podcast when we discuss that book. See, now this is the cool thing about the whole rabbit where we can make fun of this stuff, but we can also tease out the stuff that we found valuable by messing around with it and sort of not have to like totally bash it as completely bullshit we're gonna we're gonna suss out the things we like about it that's why i wanted to say it like you know that i guess that celebrity chakra is like your sphere of influence you know these these Mm -hmm. people change people's lives with every stroke of their fucking ball sack you know like it's amazing because it does work but what's what's the bullshit and what's what's the good stuff? What I find fascinating, too, is that this is actually the the beginning of a long tradition of American spiritual charlatanism, where there, there are some there are some good things to be found in the new thought movement. This is like a massively successful commercial spirituality that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's just kind of significant at the time, you know? It's important to the plot of both Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto because it is part of the American, quote, dream. The idea that, oh, we can just have whatever we want. We can just make it. If we think it, we can make it. It's this, it is this weird American, uh, like, delusional stuff. It's fun. But I do want to postulate before we get into deep discussion that this could, the New Age movement as a whole, as a whole, not individualist ideas, correct? Or publications, but as a whole, like I was talking about all those books that were published and uh, all these movements online that kind of conglomerate all of that mainstream idealism. It kind of feels to me like Comic-Con or Dragon Con, like the mainstream, like normies kind of making a conglomerate out of multiple truths. We could very well be being psyoped because the New Age movement could very well be like an extension of the MK Ultra or Mockingbird movement where the you CIA know. or the FBI plants these ideas into the population it, via mind control techniques. So totally makes me think of Project Paperclip. Like that's where it kind of really kicked into high gear with like acquiring Nazis. And then let's uh, see what you got to what, what can you do in America, smart guy? Like let's control this. I well, think it's. A, I, I, th I think it. I definitely think it's a confusion trap. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to revisit this before I forgot again. It also makes me think of like this is really the beginning of like the televangelist and the uh, the sleazy self help book. You know these yeah. classically American scam industries. Yeah, Tony Robbins. But it's yeah. not. It, it's funny that you brought up Nazi Germany because pre Nazi Germany had this big obsession with yoga, positive thinking, spiritualism, and channeled messages. Yep, yep. But we also have Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society to blame for that a little bit. But we also have them to blame for a bit of the New Age movement here in the West. Absolutely. Transcendental so, meditation was completely out of that movement, and it was a scam. So when you say MKUltra, it's it's even older than that. This is like... This is... Yeah. Well, there's I gotta actually, watch out. Yogis can be tricky people. I feel like if you have to pay for something, not organized in a way that you could just pass out pamphlets to teach people stuff, then that person's not legit. All right, and I gotta, I, I gotta re, uh, unsubmit, uh, subscribe to you, Luke. I understand though, if you are like a clairvoyant or a psychic or somebody who's gifted and you don't know what you're doing, and people like hundreds of people are coming to you, yes, maybe you should charge, but teaching people how to do this stuff should be free and it's for everybody to know it's not for select people to know and i really like i really believe in that message i've just come to preach the idiots evangel of babylon and sophia but let's not talk about me the contemporary new age thought movement is loosely allied a group of religious denominations of authors philosophers and individuals who share a set of beliefs concerning metaphysics positive thinking the law of attraction healing life force creative visualization, and of course, personal power. New Thought holds that infinite intelligence, or God, is everywhere. Spirit is the totality of real things. True human selfhood is divine. Divine thought is a force for good. Sickness originates in the mind, and right thinking has a healing effect. Although, New Thought is neither monolithic nor doctrinaire in general, modern-day adherents of New Thought share some core beliefs. One. God, or infinite intelligence, is supreme, universal, and everlasting. Two, 
divinity dwells within each person, that all people are spiritual beings. Three, the highest spiritual principle is loving one another unconditionally and teaching and healing one another. And four, our mental states are carried forward into manifestation and become our experience in daily living. Now, before we get much further, and this is something I'll try to bring up again later, what instantly struck me about these these four kind of uh, pillars of uh, new thought is how much I heard the first three brought up in my uh, in my upbringing as like an evangelical Christian. Interesting. There's, there's an overlap. I feel like there's a part truth in the event evangelical part but they do externalize god to an extent that you feel that you feel some shame that you probably shouldn't be feeling yeah but uh, like like they say god dwells in you but they say if you sin god won't come to your body like they they say god will leave you and that you'll be damned to hell and i'm like that's not right because god dwells even in the lowliest of people it where we all are a seed of that in my opinion, at least. That's why you have your body I, I in hell, Mari. There's something quintessentially American about either of these ideologies. Though. But so, I feel like they take it to an extreme, which is unhealthy. So I had a hard time wrapping my head around some things in occultism because I was a sheltered California kid and didn't realize that many people in the occult were attracted to it because they had had a traumatizing or abusive religious upbringing that was usually Christian or Catholic in character. But for me, I had grown up with this general humming backdrop of new age-ness, which is a lot like what we just, what we were talking about here with its four things that you said. If there's something I'm going to default back to, like a default state from, you know, growth, it's going to be back to this like base level derp new ageism that we're discussing. Because that's just what was around. Yeah, and I mean, my roommate here that likes ghosts and dead stuff and she's totally goth, she was raised that way too. And I was attracted to that because I was repelled from traditional Christianity. Like, does any of the the ex-Christians in the room want to talk about when they lost their religion? Yeah. Because I, I was in a Southern Baptist church. I was about... Um, 13 or 14 and the preacher was talking about people coming together and being like well i'm gay and i'm muslim and i'm jewish and i'm this and i'm that and i'm all different and we're all coming together and you know we can all work together and stuff and he said that's all well and that's good that you can work together with these people but it's too bad that they're going to hell oh and And my brain just short circuited. And I was like, how? Because I, I, you know, I, I was raised mostly Protestant. Uh, My dad was primarily Protestant, Methodist and partially Catholic. My mom took me to a, an Anglican church, which the Anglicans were a Protestant Reformation movement in Britain when the Catholics were trying to take over and they were, they, but they still had the same Catholic customs. So I have a lot of really weird mix of denominations. But then my dad married a Southern Baptist woman. And that when I heard that phrase, I was in her church in in, uh, middle Alabama. And, uh, you know, it it made me really sad that I felt so turned away. But I started really Christians at that point. But it took me probably like 12 years to realize 
not all Christians are that bad, but that that whole like you hate your enemy and you hate a sinner and the sinner is going to burn and you feel good about somebody hurting and burning in hell. Like, I just do not resonate with that. And that's pretty much what turned me away from organized religion as a whole. I thought it was interesting that you brought up all these different star people and star races, because to be fair, some of that is our soul aching to return back to the wisdom of ancient Egypt, at least in my opinion. When fingers get pointed, who started this whole new thought business? Plato comes up because he held that the realm of thought was more important than matter. That was part of his whole teaching. So in the United States, seminal authors like Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry James Thoreau held that there was an essential unity to all creation, an innate goodness to humanity, and the supremacy of insight over logic. So in short, when we went to go look for the American dream, this is where we're going to find this drunken idealism here represented in its earliest form. This movement helped clear the way for authors like Nathaniel Hawthorne, Herman Melville, and Walt Whitman to initiate an era of great American literature. It's not uncommon, however, that credit is awarded to another American author, Phineas Parkhurst Quimby, a clockmaker by profession, born February 16th, 1802 in New Hampshire, as the earliest proponent of authoring New Thought in its prototypical form. A resident of Portland, Maine, Quimby practiced mesmerism, or hypnotism, and developed his concepts of mental and spiritual healing and health based on views that illness is a matter of the mind. Although not religious in the orthodox sense, he believed that he had rediscovered the healing methods of Jesus himself. He became a controversial figure when Mary Baker Eddy, who had sought him out for treatment, became his disciple. But later, Quimby had to deny that he was related in any way to the discovery of Christian science, which pretty much was influenced by him. Apparently, Quimby did not want to be tied to Christian science in any way. Although, by the turn of the following century, many ideas popularized by Quimby reached a place where the International New Thought Alliance agreed upon a purpose that embraced some central ideas of most groups. To teach the infinitude of the Supreme One, the divinity of man and his infinite possibilities through the creative power of constructive thinking and obedience to the voice of the indwelling presence, which is our source of inspiration, power, health, and prosperity. In short... New Thought focuses on the imminence of God, the divine nature of man, the immediate availability of God's power to man, the spiritual character of the universe, and the fact that sin, human disorders, and human disease are basically matters of incorrect thinking. Yes. This last part actually, um, over time, spun out and became a a very dark thing for many people several times uh, in the history of New Thought. Agree. Uh, because this is actually a prominent feature in many cults after the point that this statement became popular, that your suffering is somehow just all in the mind or that it's uh, it's essentially your fault or that you somehow consented to it just by experiencing it. The eminence of God is, is also an interesting feature of new thought because a common focus in evangelical Christianity in the United States is that God is is the omnipotence of God. I just see like a lot of uh, overlap between their perspective on what the universe is and what the evangelical Christians call God. I, I totally see an overlap with Fallout too, being an overseer. Like this, when you read some of the journals, the overseer's like, yeah, I'm like the smartest guy in the building. You have to do everything I fucking say. Like Only because more- you have the authority, right? Yeah. Oh, I also... 
just wanted to bring up Christian Science is mentioned here. And for those of you who are listening that don't know, Christian Science is a uh, a Christian cult that won't let you see a fucking doctor. Yeah, that's why and Phineas was like, yeah, just because Mary Baker was my student doesn't mean that I am to blame for everything she did. It's like old school Scientology. Their perspective on oh. physical illness and mental yeah. illness or anytime you have a problem is that it's not real and that it's just God testing your faith. Uh, now, you can put two and two together when I say that there have been a considerable number of criminal cases against Christian scientist parents who would not take their children to doctors and said children die. God damn it. And they'll use like uh, homeopathy. They'll use acupuncture massage therapy uh they use a lot of things that are actually really beneficial to people and because they reject other therapies it kind of like drags the others in the mud at the same time because a lot of these other therapies be it placebo or not might help somebody but the fact that you put a dying child through these therapies that are not proven when you have something that is like, you know, like 80% like recovery rate, why wouldn't you choose that? Even if it has technology attached. Essential oils do not cure gangrene. No, they don't. You know what does? Fucking pills of folic acid. Uh, pills kill a lot of things. I don't trust pharmaceuticals for everything, but at the same time, <laughs> if you need something extremely potent, extremely fast, because you're going to die... That's the ticket. Essential oils? No, no pharmaceuticals and like uh, <laughs> technology medicine. Put some oregano if, oil on it. Unless it's a mucosal membrane. No. Do I'm not put oregano oil on it. Go to the hospital and get invasive surgery and like have IVs drips of like medicines drip to you. You could do homeopathy at home all the time. That's called taking your vitamins and minerals. That's called having a healthy diet and exercising you know what, and what if i don't have any leeches no we're not talking about bloodletting here okay but we can agree that uh that cancer is not a god testing your faith no but we can also agree that diet exercise and physical attitude and the level of stress hormone in your body affects and what you eat affects the cancer it basically is because you're too negative and you're outside of your vortex of creation. That's and why. and you're eating sugar like a motherfucker. That's right. pretty much why cancer thrives. It's it's you were eating sugar. too much low vibrational food because you were vibrating at too low of a level. And if you had watched The Secret one or two more times in the morning before you went out, you probably would have been vibrating at a high enough level to eat the kale. That's why you died. Chemo, Guys, please. chemo <laughs> killed my dad please. and the diet would have helped him. Uh, I just look, I know we uh, we all have some mixed opinions on the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic and response. But I once saw a video of uh, two women who were at a uh, at a uh, MAGA rally and the interviewer asked them. Why they weren't wearing a mask, you know, why they didn't seem to be worried about which there's a small one and a taller, rounder one. And the small one begins to say, did you know that everything in this universe vibrate and we can't catch it because we, we vibrate on a higher frequency. That's why we can't catch it. We vibrate on a better frequency and coronavirus is lower than us. 
And then her friend next to her, the larger, more uh, more rotund one, turns her nose up and then does this like closed mouth smile smirk and goes, I taught her that and pointed to the tip of her nose. Okay, I have, a, I have an interjection. Here's the thing. If you're offended by that, you're not in touch with reality because, because you want those people to die off. Ooh. See what I'm saying? Like, why are you offended by them doing that? If people fall into that kind of thing, like, oh, I'm immune to this because I'm like the best person ever. And I like recoup because I can vibrate really good. It's like, no. If if you want to think that, that's fine. But I'm gonna go on my way and anybody that I care about, I'm gonna make sure that they know the facts. But you don't you have no obligation to like convert them or any of that stuff. It's like if they wanna think that, that's fine. It just it just struck me that it's particularly the the that they thought vibrating was I mean well somebody goes somebody goes home to a field though well I mean everything is vibrating like if you're living you're vibrating you're moving like they're not but, totally wrong. Have you ever had don't. a cold and taken some really good acid okay. before and you bro, just felt way better bro, after that? Stop, stop, totally stop, 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 wrong, stop, 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 stop. Really, really fucking wrong. It is misinformation. <laughs> it they tell a half truth. That's the whole point. Is is the truth is disclosed in a half truth through these books or these movies or these uh, these blogs or or these prophets or whatever these, uh, these and drug people, addict occultists whatever it's like people (laughs) interpret it people are going to interpret it however these women didn't know what vibration means what they knew is what they heard on a youtube move like she knew what vibration means well they're kind of snobs and the joke i was making (laughs) about the secret is now i have definitely subscribed to some new age trope stuff throughout the the years and i have attended the things I could afford or that were free. I've attended a Laura Eisenhower speech before where, and she talks about victims of MK ultra and how the Illuminati worships Lucifer. And that sort of offended me because I like Lucifer, but at, at the end, she had this thing that really bothered me and it was this chart and I wish I could find it, but it was this chart where it had oh. numbers, numbers. Okay. That measured the vibration of certain pieces of entertainment. Right. And this was like a fact, okay, that these things made you vibrate lower, these made you vibrate a little higher, and at the top, and it was vibrating at like way the fuck, way higher than everything else was, what the bleep do we know? And then right underneath that was the secret. No. 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 No way. And, and this and that to that me stuff, reminded okay. me of like the degenerate <laughs> art movement where it's like this is bad entertainment this is good entertainment are you fucking serious like <laughs> really bro bro that <laughs> movie that movie is fine and everything but you cannot put it at the epitome of human achievement what the fuck it's no like the pinnacle fun- like by it's far it's what up the f- there above the fucking bhagavad gita no it's not <laughs> Right Ew. up there with Seven and uh, fucking Avatar by James Cameron. All I can hear is that all I can see is that like Captain Quantum's like old man face, like in the old like nineties three D, like nodding at me as you tell me that this is the best achievement humans have ever done. Like no, no, like it's funny to watch and it makes you think about stuff, which is really cool. But 
it's really not <laughs> it's really not something that's like a classic well, fact how like fuckingly dis- how fucking fuckingly how fucking disgustingly stuck up <laughs> fucking, i'm i'm going to claim that fuckingly is now a word how fuckingly stuck up is what dingus just a fucking flowchart of higher and lower vibration movies, no doubt, based upon your opinion of what a good and bad movie is. By the way, your shitty opinion. And it's a fucking mass-produced movie that's made in Hollywood. You're yeah. being brainwashed, you goddamn idiot. I mean, she meant well. I think she did. You know, I've I've actually seen her on stage with David Wilcock and that other guy who believes in the secret space program but and, the, and the Blue Avians. I'll but watch this stuff, but good intentions you have to understand that it's filtered through an individual perspective it's like it's kind of like going can you guys imagine going to the art gallery and all of the art pictures on the wall in the in the frames and on the canvases and the sculptures are pretty much people's ideas about how the universe works and everybody's like walking around going hmm 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 Peg and and then the, and then this chick is in there and she's like, oh my god, I understand the universe. Do you look at this painting? Do you understand? And you're like, yeah, like, but I, I de- like I see stuff, different stuff in that. The whole point of all of these uh, conjectures about what living is and what universe is and what being alive is, like the, all of that is conjectural. Like everybody's going to have their own experience. And the whole part of listening to other stuff, even if it's even if you know it's bullshit, is you're trying to take out, OK, what flavor does this person feel from the same s- sensation that I get? And you compare and you contrast. And That's you more like the occult. And there's certain things that New Age and the, has been influenced by the occult. Like, for instance, any New Age book that tells you, oh, this crystal is good for this. Like, all that stuff ultimately goes back to Libra 777. Grain, grain of salt. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. No pun intended. And Crowley did want a world where people would take their spirituality into their own hands. Uh, he also described the infantile child like being the new aeonic god and and even oliver saint john is like the shade of the infantile ego is the it's the shadow of our times so it it all kind of makes a little bit of sense and it kind of all goes together like we're sort of living in alistair crowley's world in a way well i feel like we're like humanity is now i mean we were an infant when he conceived this and now we're a toddler walking and talking but we don't really know what we're saying right now. I feel like if we did live in Aleister Crowley's world, then that weird cocktail-shaped hat that he wore in every other picture would be cool, and it's not cool. So your theory can't be right. What, you mean the pyramid head? Yeah, he has that weird, just, he has a hat that looks like the tip of a dick. I don't know what Bro, else to say. Uh, my hair, I used to have, when I was a kid, my mom cut my hair like a bowl cut to be cheap, and... My hair, is, it would grow in, and um, kids in middle school would call me mushroom head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And pe- penis head, yes. That's and I, I was really, really upset about that. And I guess I had Crowley's hat on my head the whole time. 
So yeah, speaking of fucking uh, heads that look like cocktips, there is an association between transcendentalism and new thought. If you don't know anything about transcendentalism, then you uh, then you have a crippled understanding of new thought because transcendentalism is essentially the foundation of this movement. So throughout the 19th century, America and really the entire Western world was experiencing a boom of new religious philosophy from the East, because during that time period, trade and commerce with what they would call the Orient was at an all-time high. Just the trade routes had been completely opened up. We had made contact with Japan. We were making regular uh, regular trips to China and back for spices and also to, to cripple their population with opiates. Take the opiates we- or we'll shoot. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like when uh, Blavatsky... Take the opiates and shoot, why don't you? That's when Blavatsky and crew were taking over information, and this is where Ellen Watts got all his information from. Mm-hmm. This was like a, an extremely important time, even to our modern culture. Yeah, the English pulled up with their boats, and they're like, we're going to sell you this, or we're going to shell you. What do you want? And they're like, all right, we'll buy the opium. So at this time, all you need to know is that while Christianity was going to the east... More so concepts from Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, and just like their thousands and thousands of years of being the world's oldest continual civilization began trickling into the Western world. And this was a major catalyst for the formation of what we know as the modern occult, as they brought up Alan Watts and New Age philosophy, New Thought, and the Golden Dawn. Just uh, there. I also have to bring up that... Um, not only is the Golden Dawn brought to you by ancient Chinese and Asian technology, but guns and fireworks are also products of this great trade route that we had with the Asian population. And them, them Chinese know how to blow stuff up with bright colors. And that's very, very relevant for the 4th of July. Woo! Yeah! Shoot guns, blow shit up. Woo! It's pretty colors. Set it up to blow up. It's pretty pretty blown, baby. That was pretty cool. But yeah, uh, yeah, rockets were used in warfare as early as uh, 1000 AD. But anyways, all all, all this is to say that this hit America and two gentlemen, uh, one by the name of Ralph Waldo Emerson and the other by the name of Henry David Thoreau, fucking a, a forest-dwelling hermit and a poet, respectively, um, formed the, the foundation of transcendentalism, which was the first notable American philosophy. It was yeah. a cultural export. Their movement is actually based on romanticism and naturalism, artistic movement in England that was going on at the same time. But they founded the American version of that. Thank God they did. I, I think Leaves of Grass is really good. Romanticism I, is it, real they, good. This, this is pure American romanticism. Yeah, so it's like just a little bit more egotistical. But it connects with nature. I mean, they're very focused on nature, dude. They they borrowed from, as Mari said, uh, romanticism and naturalism. And they also borrowed from German idealism, uh, the philosopher Immanuel Kant, and the Hindu text, the, uh, I hope I get this right, the Upanishads. It is the foundational Hindu text, and it documents uh, varieties of meditation, various religious and magical ceremonies, their ontological perspectives, and much more. Transcendentalism espouses the essential good nature of the universe and people. Sound familiar? The divine experience of the everyday world 
and self-determination. Themes that are no doubt echoed in the growing field of what was at the time called mental sciences and what years later became known as new thought. Nothing's gonna change my world. Om. I mean, some of it comes from India, just a little bit. Or maybe the Beatles. Or just Blavatsky. I, no. Um, this, is, this is pretty much why I use chakras, because they're just so efficient. Like, I can't come up with anything else. So I'm going to go with it. With the new thought and the new age, right? I feel like the the new age is a, is a concept that's intertwined with this idea of this new thought. Um, yeah. And I admit my chaotic magic practice is pretty much new age. I, I, like I admitted earlier, I listen to stories, I listen to things, but at the same time, I take aspects of it and I conglomerate it into something that I want to do. I've always had a personal practice and I don't really understand people that want to go to orders or these organized religions. Well, like we have an egregory that does fun things. Every other order also has an egregory. Totally. But the New Age is is very eclectic in that we take things from multiple different places. But at the same time, I see this very rigid order that, that has arised, especially in the past, I'd say like 50 years even. You know, even since this uh, New Age started, you know, it's it's an eclectic and popular commercialized form of Western occultism. I had a Setian friend who said that chaos magic was basically new age, but edgy based on what you just said. But it's it's not. It totally is. Yeah. But it, it is. We're like hot topic kids, but we're the hot topic kids that go in there and be like, you know, I could make my own shirt, but they already have a Ramon shirt. So I'm going to buy that. But we didn't buy the My Little Pony hoodie, you know, like, like, there's a certain kind of punk rock that's okay. I can be utilitarian and then I'll buy something for five bucks that's already made. But if I need my own clothes or whatever, I'll make it. That's the thing about chaos magic to me that making my making your own style, what you do is you look at different artists. And even when I was a child, like a, a like a 13 year old, what I was doing is I was looking at artists that I liked. And I would replicate their style. And then I would say, oh, I like the way they draw A, B. And then I would take those things and put it in my art. And art then is I would theft. Become, and then I would be, yes, it all is. And, and, you know, and I, also, I really try to fight that idea, you know, like, but it, it is true. Like, but here's the thing is like my ex was also a musician. Uh, like Malachor, you're you're a musician as well. You're like, you make yeah. music for a I living. Can't, I can't stand somebody being like, oh, like you're just ripping off of such and such. It's like, no, fuck you. I got drunk and high as fuck and I recorded myself and I had no idea about this said act it, you're talking a, about. Like, there's because the devil there's wrote a it. Line. The devil wrote no, it. No, 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 no. There's a line, but I had an ex that he w- he had a guitar he had an acoustic, he had an electric, he had uh, hookups, he had all this stuff to jam with people, and he would just sit in his stupid gaming chair at his stupid computer that he would play games on all the time, and he would strum his guitar and be like, Yeah, every time I write a song that I want to write, like, it just sounds like something that I heard before. And I'm like, man, I don't oh, want to sound like a copycat. 
And I'm like, I tried to explain to him, it's like everything that you make is going to be based on something else. And it might be similar. And even if you, but the whole point is that you try to recreate it in your own image or it's not even about ripping something off. This probably could have, should have been in the previous episode. The avant-garde movement in France, I guess they started implementing, like specifically for music. To make avant-garde music, you have to use a different instrument. You have to find something that normally, it's, it's not a, it's not a um, musical tool. So you got to kind of like implement a trash can or a gun or a helicopter or people have used these things in music already. So it won't be avant-garde anymore if somebody's already done it if you I make think, your own instrument uh, make your own sound yeah dude public enemy with that tea kettle noise this little section of the episode probably could have went in the last one but if you watch listen and all then you're getting your money's worth so or this but, is free yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the so the emphasis on being like i feel like same same or like basically integrated with stuff we got with Wiccanism, which I feel like I, even in high school, I was like, yeah, I'm a Wiccan. And, you know, do no harm, universe of love and light. Like, y- you don't do bad, but you also practice occultism. I, I think so new, it, new it was is. basically a flex on being like, yeah, I'm white magic, y'all. I think this new thought yeah. movement is like the avant-garde. Um, you just find a new uh, way of saying the same thing, and like that's why people go to it. They flock but to it. Because I even like, never. Bro. <laughs> Uh, huh? It's easy to digest. It's easy to understand new thought. You don't have to read a whole ass religious text just to distill down its one message. It's popular. That's the whole point. And that's the thing is like I kind of got shoehorned into Wiccanism for like a second, and I'm like, no, this isn't me. Because Wiccanism is already an organization of this whole, like, I'm a good witch, y'all, you know? And the popularity, you know, of this whole, like, oh, oh, we're a, we're a new movement of, you know, witches aren't evil. There's white witches and good witches and earth witches and all this stuff. And, like, you know, I kind of, like, fell into that for a while, but at the same time... I think it was mostly just Aleister Crowley and Gardner just wanting to be more Tang in the roster. I mean, it worked, for sure, because, like, there were, like, at least 20, 20% of people in my high school were like, yeah, I'm waking. So in, in, in our cult, <laughs> we drink Tang. We drink Tang. We don't drink Kool-Aid. We're not like the rest of them. Join us. <laughs> You know, that was fine for a while, but I started to make my own practice, especially like the first time I got a Lilith token and I began to worship Lilith was about after I was out of high school. So when I was like 18 or 19, like I moved on, like I really was never Wiccan. And then I found a totem that I could identify with and I made my own thing. I never liked Wiccanism. Black magic is the coolest part. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, but I realized younger that, like, black magic, you could, like, take blood from other stuff. But how cool what would it be if I used my own? Yeah, I mean, I always used my own. Yeah, that's how you do it, dude. That's well, the right way to do black magic. That's what Satanism and Thelema would say, is you just use your own stuff. And probably, even in Thelema, it's mostly just your period blood or your semen or your sex juices. No breast milk, though. 
No one ever talks about breast milk, but we do. And that's that's what I makes like us special. I, I want milkers. Like big milkers. Big mommy milkers. Lot I big know. hanging fruit Hail milk. The dairy. Okay, what about your leftover? Like, what if you made a delicious meal out of homemade things and you had scraps? What if you put oh, the scraps? Could you do black magic on a compost pile? Because I feel like you could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything. No, I really. Oh, that's kind of reminds me. Um, so going back to ancient Egyptian magic, uh, the kingdom was called Hemut. It's spelled with the K, K E M E T. Hemut. Hemut. It means it means black. And it's because the fertile land around the, the Nile River was dark and they were able to grow their own shit and they would like pray to gods to flood the fucking thing. Uh, from God damn it. death. That's what black magic is. It started off from these fertile lands and that's the reason why they called it black magic. It has nothing to do with evil or like righteousness or good. Black magic is fertile magic. It's okay, not, about, but I want to learn evil magic. Well, it's about it's transferring. <laughs> it's about trans. It's transmogrifying life into death into more life. That's the yeah. whole point of that part of magic to me. And that's my problem. That's my beef. That's my big beef with this new age movement is even though it tries to go into these, you know, non-Christian neo-pagan is really a good word for that. But you mean tech techno Viking? <laughs> no he's actually cool no he's actually cool he's a total neo-pagan um what is sigma sigma neo-pagan well you know he tried to sue the guy who took that video why on the internet Aww. but it to me it's more of a sales pitch because like new thought is particularly significant for being the first large-scale non-christian you know spiritual movement. movement in america yeah yeah in hundreds of years and you know it helps to keep in mind that only uh 200 years prior in original colonial america we were occupied by, you know, witch, witch burning puritanical cultists. So these were the people that were basically kicked out of Great Britain at the time. They went to like the Netherlands, who uh, just kind of took them in, and they said they were too fucking, uh, they were too libertine and sinful. We got to get away from these people who drink and fuck out of missionary. We got to go to America. Damn. <laughs> and and you can imagine, can you think those like these Puritans are like considered radical to these people? And like again, I was raised Anglican and the Anglicans actually stayed in England. So <laughs> there's that. Like that's pretty much Catholicism didn't get here. They it didn't have a an establishment in America until South America actually built up. Right. Wow. Irish, Irish were Irish South were Catholic. Colonies. Irish were Catholic, and so like the New Age and New Thought, the the prevalence of it is like really interesting because it's it's pretty much would only catch on up here in North America because down south it was pretty much all like most of that is Catholicism or you have a native pagan. Yeah. yeah, the hybrid between the pagan and the the Catholicism, and then straight up tribal pagan. Mexican or or Central and Southern American. That encompasses so many religions, it's not even funny. 
Yeah. yeah, and like I think that's why it sold so well. One one is, of the prominent like uh, or like early New Thought people was this guy named Don, um sorry Carlos Castaneda, and he was going to I believe uh, UC Berkeley, and uh, he oh, ended yeah, up going yeah. to he ended up going to South America to meet like a a Yaki shaman and learn uh, like shape shifting magic, and he wrote books about it. And a lot of people say it's all just like fucking voodoo and bullshit. And he's he's also one of the early people to bring that stuff back to america in, in like a condensed form so i mean i feel like it's valuable to, to to like read that kind of stuff but like view it like a like an art project that guy was like a freaking woman beater in all this shit like it came out like years later that he yeah he did that that's what i'm saying is a lot of this stuff is like sold under this kind of umbrella like a product and it's not necessarily treated with the respect that it deserves oh yeah yeah have you ever heard of doreen virtue no never no oh man y'all just haven't spent enough time trolling around in new age shops because Doreen Virtue has a bunch of different Oracle decks. And so as a tarot reader person, people are always coming to me. And they're like, oh, can I use an Oracle deck instead? I'm just like, well, it's a different data set. So it's not exactly learning the same thing, but they do work, right? Well, now if you go look at Doreen Virtue, she'll tell you that the whole time she made the mistake of not reading the entire Bible and that she was actually in league with demons instead of angels and that she feels bad oh. for misleading everybody. So if you have a deck of like divine feminine cards or like the saint cards, I got those from my mom once. You got to know Doreen Virtue, she made the switch and she wa- she joined oh. the Christians and she wants you to know that all that stuff is the devil. Just letting you know. That's If you're too hyper positive about something, there's something wrong with that situation. Just that's, yeah, you're covering. It's like a dog covering up or something. You can't cover something up with positive emotion. It doesn't matter how much you charge yourself or do yoga or whatever the you do. Drink juice. Detoxify. Like, yeah, what a, it doesn't matter how much you do. If you do not confront the emotion inside your own self there is no way to use this positive emotion aspect that everybody's talking about and and lauding and acting like people are putting band-aids on their wounds and they're not actually healing and that's the problem is that healing involves going towards your shadow very like that's pretty much the primary uh pattern of your spiritual journey is that you go towards the shadow and you fight the dragon and then you come out of the and you into the light like it, the only way out is through it's pretty much obvious these people are trying to go up the mountain and they're getting high because there's no more air up there they're airheads guys they're like oh, oh, good vibes you guys good I'm vibes i on the holy mountain that but they fun. starve themselves they go vegan they do yoga they exercise they do all this other physical shit i was i was raised around all that shit uh but they don't do the work guys they don't that, that's do the all work. just stuff that makes the pussy taste good where you were introduced to this stuff through like from childhood malcor i think let's talk about that yeah. to wrap up the um, free show uh, um yeah so my first viewing of the secret film it was because i on the street that i grew up on uh to give it a name the brown house, the big wooden brown house on the, on the block. And the owner was blind. The owner was blind. 
And uh, he, I'd catch him out. He'd get fucking drunk, and he'd just blast his music on the whole block. But it was like rock and roll, like Death Leopard, fucking Sabbath. He couldn't hear anybody taking a shit in his, like, living room. I mean, like, yeah, he didn't give a fuck about anything. He lived on the top floor. Like, he had to go up this crazy staircase. Uh, I love that guy. He, rest in peace, Mark. Uh, but I, I, one time I caught him outside, and he's looking up at the sun, and I'm riding my skateboard by him, and I'm, like, fucking 12 or 13. And he's like, you know, I could stare at the sun all day. But I'll burn the fuck out of my eyes. <laughs> that sun was, worshiper, sun so worshiper, and it's just so funny to me. But um, underneath him, there was this wonderful family of uh, this single mother with five kids, and all of them had really, really unique African names. I don't want to say their names because I don't want to like identify them publicly. Uh, anyway, uh, this brown house family, big hippies. They were they had instruments, a drum set, pianos, like. They were homeschooled, um, so I'd get out of school and I'd and I'd go hang out with my friends. And the mother was like, "Hey, don't worry about food. Like, just grab whatever you want." And everything was like fruits and like nuts and like they didn't cook. They didn't cook at all. It was raw vegan. She had a bunch of like pamphlets of like animals getting slaughtered and like this is why you should be <laughs> vegan. Oh, that would be so cool if I had a pamphlet full of. Um, not gonna- no, it, it totally influenced. It totally influenced my musical taste because you know, like my mom's all rock and roll. There's this blind guy blasting fucking death metal upstairs, and like I'm looking at chopped up pigs and stuff. Next but thing then, you know, you listen to cattle decapitation. Oh fuck yeah! And hammer uh, smashed face. They're, they're all telling you know, and then the message of the family of this this woman, the mom. She's like, oh love and all that stuff. Don't throw your your uh, banana peels in the trash bag take them to the back in the compost pile like they had the biggest fucking house unfortunately they didn't have a pool but they had a trampoline and i haven't jumped on a trampoline since i've been at that house anyway this woman didn't work she would be on her like telephone in her office area while her kids were like studying and stuff and just be making phone calls you know and like connecting with people and on the on sundays she had friends who made like vegan snacks and juices and stuff so we'd all come together at her house fill up the mobile home drive to holly Hollywood, because there's a Hollywood farmer's market every Sunday, and it's fucking child labor. Like, looking back on all this shit now, (laughs) yeah, this is the shit that I was being taught as a child. You know, oh, put the juices in this you know, learning how to work. And um, it was all love, though, because I'm telling you, this family was great. Like, we'd go to festivals, my mom would just like, my mom was a Christian, drunk, cocaine head who would just party all the time, and I'd hang out at this pad because we were poor. And she this family fun. was fucking... Yeah, she is fun as fuck. And uh, we'd, I'd yeah, hang I out... I think at he's this... asking you for a number, Malachor. <laughs> nah, she, she's in Vegas getting on her honeymoon. What's that actually. got to do with it? <laughs> Woo! Anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, we would... Uh, Sometimes she'd be like, oh, I got to go like on a business meeting. And we'd all get in the, in the van and go to like these rich people's houses, man. Like Santa Monica... Fucking Hollywood Hills, Malibu Mountains, Canyon, and all that shit. And these fucking, like, crazy-ass hippie people who would, like, clean up and get suited up. And one time, they had us all... We went to uh, Santa Monica, which is a beach town, really upscale, here in L.A. And uh, they threw on the fucking secret for us. And they made all these, like, like maybe, like, 20-something children, these hippie kids, watch this fucking movie. And I'm, Oh, and I'm like a big ritual, almost. Almost, because I'm, I'm I was the only one who was public schooled. Like, I was in on all this with, like, public school knowledge. And I'm like, these guys are just 
fucking with us, dude? <laughs> like, what is this shit? I can't wait to go have a fucking water balloon fight in the back and eat some fucking quinoa and shit like that. She'd go and do this stuff because she was like in a pyramid scheme. Uh, and maybe she was part of the production of The Secret. I don't know. These kinds of uh, new, new thought kind of folk they get very very financially successful somehow off of off of these ideas and they and they bait you into all this and they even get their children in it like my friends her children they're all like hey uh hit me up if you want job opportunity and they're all like suited up in like some some room and i'm just like what the fuck are you trying to tell me (laughs) it's it's not to benefit anybody it's to loop them into this endless we it's it's like a wheel within a wheel it sounds like you're getting ready to manifest the ninth paradigm brother brother it's Totally that. (laughs) And this is at the beginning of the show why I was saying that I don't follow, even if I'm a fan of something, I like make up my own idea about what I I want and I make up my own character or. And you know what Stephen Greer did? He took all of the lyrics from Mothership Connection and then charges people $5,000 to tell them the lyrics to Mothership Connection in white people talk at Joshua Tree. But you have to bring your own food. I think that's I think that's it's so what's going ironic. On. It's so bullshit. It's like, hey, I got all the answers. Like, hey, I could we could transcend, and for a moment we can like talk to aliens and all this shit. But you got to give me money. Like, I need that money, bro. Like, and you got to bring your own food. I ain't gonna bring shit. You also gotta realize I'm full of shit, and like yeah. I'm I'm lying to you. But the fact that you accept that and you still give me the money, then the karma's good, and okay. I don't get punished by that. That's the whole point of that, you guys. Is that they're they're charming you into giving your acceptance to their services or whatever the fuck they promise you when you could do that on your own but they you don't you don't need them they'll never be as cool as bootsy collins i've been grifted and you want to know something you said for most you want to know something that's true luke i've been i've been grifted before like you like it like spiritual comfort comfort like, I got a really cool, the only thing I got out of it was a huge download of, I, be, I bet this dude got into like a spiritual library and stole all of this information. Oh, that sounds awesome. And then put it on, like, I have pretty much every issue of Madame Blavatsky's uh, Lucifer magazine and the uh, the magazine that the, uh, you know, like Alan Watts and all the spiritualists had, like there were a few magazines that they published in the 1800s. And I have copies of that and That's all this cool. other stuff. So I have like I got that, but I had to pay like almost nearly six hundred dollars. And I God got one damn. one consultation with this dude. And he was like, so what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, so can you like talk to me and like figure out like what? Like, I have a few questions and he's like, yeah, but like, what, what do you want to learn about? And I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm a newbie and I don't know anything. Can you teach me? He's like, uh, no. So like you you can get scammed, but at the same time, I got a bunch of stuff we could put on the show. That's, um, yeah, that sounds good. Kinky. Like (laughs) if we talk about, if we ever talk about the, uh, the, 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 theosophy society or whatever. The theosophical society. Yeah, we we are going to, but it's probably going to be on an episode about Nazis, or at least that but, era, because they had an important role to play in some of Nazi ideology, which most. But I'm a huge fan. Like I I listen to Alan Watts, and even Terrence McKenna to degree degree was influenced by this movement because Alan Watts was. He directly he was a youngun when this happened, and he took the information from the 
Theosophical Society, and he brought Eastern practice to the Western world in this way that pretty much anyone could bastardize it. And like we were talking about transcendental meditation. Didn't that dude kill himself? Who? Alan Alan Watts. Watts. Yeah, he died of alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. Good role model. Indirectly. At least he drank. But he was he, he was a false prophet because these people had never heard this stuff before. Well, he, he sounded was, good. Oh, yeah, he did. And that's where I was exposed to it. But then I realized it came from the Theosophical Society. You can do it. Theosophical Society. They published all these magazines and pamphlets and had all these clubs. These are secret societies, right? This is the same shit that is owning our society right now. And I'm like, I mean, in in effect... Crowley was right. Everybody should have their own practice and we should all be aware of all the information all the time and use our own practices to address that. In some ways, Genesis P. Orridge was just doing an Aleister Crowley and was probably a better Thelemite than most. But but they played their role in disseminating this this ideology, these information systems for magic, not only magic, but prophecy and intellectualism and philosophy. These are very important to your own magic skills because I feel like magic is really based on philosophy, uh, aesthetics, and also logic and, uh, and also and logic. Huh? Pussy juice. Facts and logic and pussy (laughs) juice. Well, you also have to be very, very confident when you are doing an intention. So there's a part of you that you don't have to be egotistical, but you have to really be passionate about what you're doing. And I'm passionate about bringing breast milk into occultism. And if you'd like to hear more of the whole rabbit in the extended episode where we talk about Napoleon Hill, Freak and Grow Rich and the occultism they're contained within, please visit www.patreon.com slash the whole rabbit where you can get access hey. to all the extended episodes for five bucks, a bonus stickers and access to our Discord. Thank you, everybody. Eat carrots and shoot lasers.